Hey friends, welcome to Let's Be Clear. I am Clear Cherry Reeves and this is a podcast where we get clear, pun intended, about how to find a kingdom perspective in all things. No, really, all things. Whether it be about pursuing your dreams, finding hope and hardship, or just talking about Jesus, we will get raw and honest. I believe it will encourage you. Now, let's dig in. Happy Monday, friends. I hope you're having a great start to your week. As always, if you're listening and it's not Monday, that is totally fine. That's great. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, And just I hope you're having a great and peaceful and productive morning, afternoon, wherever this finds you. I'm excited. I'm excited this week to dig in um, to the word with you guys and to a new word. We will be talking about the word seek this week um and rhyming while we're at it but it's gonna be good it's gonna be rich so i'm glad that we just get some time to put aside everything that's on our minds and really focus on what jesus has to say to us through this podcast i'm i'm really thankful that you're joining i hope it's going to encourage you to act think speak dig in differently to your week after you listen um that's what the word of god does that's how powerful it is so I'm excited that you're here. As always, last week we talked about the word word rhythm, and we saw how moment by moment we make decisions, we create habits, we establish rhythms, and these rhythms really do determine the legacy that we leave and the people that we become. And so, as always, we do the rhythm of refocusing together. And so, let's go ahead and do that. If you can, close your eyes and just dial it in. If not, if you're walking Um, as my parents do when they listen to these podcasts or if you're driving eyes open but mind on Jesus okay so let's refocus F fix your eyes on Jesus O open your heart to receive C calm your mind U unplug from distractions S saturate your soul in him (sighs) deep breath feels so good doesn't it Um, okay so seek what does it mean to seek god what do we seek in our lives what are we seeking like what are we after i was thinking about this word and i was really interested to know i always love learning about the roots of these words as i dig into them and um, i did some of that while writing the devotional which if you're coming in on the back end of this and you're wondering what in the world i'm talking about We go through a different word every week from the Focus devotional, and you can find the link to purchase that um, in the show notes. But so with this word, I mean, I did some of that while, while reading and studying for the devotional and writing it, but really digging into this podcast with the link, the material, and the content. And it's been so interesting and really eye opening to see what is where do these words come from? Like, what the origins of them and and how do we see in scripture how that comes to light so for seek the origin of the word seek goes back to the latin word and i'm probably gonna murder this uh sagir s-a-g-i-r-e i don't know which means to perceive keenly by scent so imagine like a dog literally tracking a a rabbit or so sniffing the ground and following its scent it's intentional it's focused This dog knows what it is looking for. So when we talk about seeking God, 
we aren't talking about haphazardly looking around and like maybe we'll stumble upon him, right? Maybe we'll be walking and he'll just be on our path and we'll get a chance to chat. No, it's like we are seeking, we are intentional, we are directing our gaze, we're pointing our body towards him. We are setting our minds on seeking the author of heaven and earth. Seek is a very diligent word. It's a word that is founded upon intentionality. Um, Proverbs eight seventeen says, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. I want to start off with just saying God is not a God who seeks to be a mystery as far as his heart is concerned. He longs for us to know him. We were created to know him. That is literally our purpose. So if he wired us for that purpose, it would make sense that he is not trying to hide or be difficult to find, right? Just a lot of times we aren't actually seeking him as far as this word goes. Like we aren't, our, our gaze is not directed towards him our, or our bodies are distracted. Um, we are seeking him out of convenience, right? And so this first point that I wanted to talk about is what we seek, we will find. And I know that seems so elementary, like a lot of things. And I always say that on this podcast is sometimes I'll say things and I'm like, gosh, that's just common sense. But, you know, that's what a lot of truth a lot of times is based around. Yes, it makes sense. But a lot of times we just kind of forget that, like we get lazy about it. And, you know, I think a lot of times we assume God is silent. Um, And when we think God is being silent, We are often hoping, at least in my experience, that he will talk over the other voices that we have turned up in our lives, right? We are seeking God, but through the midst of convenience and comfort. And Hebrews 11, 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Let me ask you this, and I was trying to think of an analogy or like a visual that would help you kind of understand my thought process in this. And I was just thinking about like a treasure hunt. And so I want you to answer this question. Would you go on a treasure hunt for treasure that you weren't sure was actually on the other end? Right? Duh. No. But we have to understand that when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, we really have to ask this in parallel to that. So we don't look for what we don't think exists and is obvious on the other side. For example, say you don't know what a right decision is. And instead of praying and seeking God for an answer, we talk to everyone in our phone book, right? We ask Facebook, like Facebook knows better. What in the world? And we survey what others around us are doing. But y'all, the only reason we would do these things is if we didn't think that God would actually answer us. But when we seek the shepherd, we will find him. He promises us that. His plans may be a mystery, like the work of his hands and what he's the details of what's to come, but his presence is absolute. When we seek God, we will find him. He assures us of that. My next point is this, is God shows himself to us through his word, other people, his creation that surrounds us, and through the life experiences we have. Have you ever sought God, like really sought him, okay? 
put your attention towards him, directed your gaze, shifted your body, moved your posture, really sought him. I mean, really sought him and not found him. I think sometimes we equate God giving us an answer. And I want you to dial, I want you to dial in. If you've been distracted so far, if you've been squirreling out, I want you to lean in because this is important. I think sometimes we equate God giving us an answer to whether or not his presence was near. And the two are not equivalent. Okay, sometimes God answers with wait or not now or keep seeking or he just feeds our soul with wisdom and promises that may not be understood now, but they will be discerned later. One Chronicles or first Chronicles 28, nine says, and Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Yo, when we hear this scripture, it's intense, but it is meant to sound intense. It's promising to read, okay, if you seek him, you will find him. Okay, awesome. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever you see if we how we decide to seek him on a day-to-day basis that will determine our forever and i think you know this scripture specifically is um solomon was it was right before he was going to build the temple and so he's talking about this project and he's assuring him essentially hey look he's got you covered and if you seek him and you seek the details and you and you seek his plans, he will help you. And I think sometimes, you know, when I was thinking about just this thought process and, you know, asking myself as I'm preparing to talk to you guys, like, okay, clear, when do you really seek God? Okay, when you have an issue, do you truly pray expecting him to answer? Is he your last resort or is he your first stop? And... I kept thinking about the fact of, you know, how often we pray is determined by how we view God. Do we believe that he shames us for making the same mistake? Do we believe that he hears us? Do we believe that he cares to answer when he does hear us? Do we believe that he is truly the author of our plans? Do we believe that he knows what we hide? Do we believe that he heals restores and brings life back to dry bones you if we believed and we could say yes to all of these things which they are true then there is nothing that we would not pray about nothing prayer would be our first stop our last resort and every space in between we would be consumed with conversation with him Lamentations 3.25 says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. God's goodness is absolute. His faithfulness is sure. His patience is constant. His love is immeasurable. All these things, God never changes. But how we pursue him, that will determine the amount of goodness that we allow to flow in our lives. 
And I think we have to, and I love to ask these questions, and I hope you guys ponder them and really take the time to stop, pause, and ask yourselves these questions. Because it's not good if you just listen to me ask and then ramble on, but really ask your own heart, is there anything more important than finding God? Is there? And we'll say no, because of course, like, no, of course not. Nothing's more important than finding God. Yet how many things do we put before him? How many times do we show up on time to meet with friends and do our own self-care routine or break our backs to show up for our families, but we're okay with standing up God? Why is that? You know, when I was asking myself this question, I thought, you know, where there are certain places and certain times and certain ways and patterns and habits and things that help us find God easier, you know, based on how we tick, what, how our minds think, how we perceive him, what our gifts are. And so I just want to throw this out there. You know, if you tend to hear him easier on the beach, try and find a day and go to the beach. If having conversations with others prompts your curiosity and consistency, you should put yourself in atmospheres where those kinds of conversations can happen frequently. If you tend to remember his promises more frequently when you're on walks in nature, are you creating time for those? You know, how, like, what makes it easier for you to set that rhythm like we talked about last week to find God? And whatever that is, prioritize it because there is nothing more important than finding God. And when, what, when we seek him, we will find him. My next point is when we seek to understand the heart of God, we cultivate relationship. When we seek to just find answers, we foster religion. The more we understand God's heart, the more we trust his hands. Let me ask you this. When you are wanting to get to know someone, right, just, I don't mean God, I mean just someone in form of friendship, do you come to understand their ways, their thoughts, their responses, etc., by badgering them with questions about why they did this and what they think about this or that and making assumptions? No. It's the same with God, y'all. When we approach our relationship with him like a math problem, of course it's going to feel cold. Of course, it's going to feel transactional. Of course, we're going to feel distant. It's going to feel like work. And I'm not saying that a relationship with God doesn't require discipline. Do not mishear me. It absolutely does. However, if we are treating it like that and we are not trying to get to know his heart and we are just seeking answers, then of course, it's going to feel distant. When he tells us to seek him, he wants us to get to know him. He doesn't have to be made aware of who we are or what we are like. He made us, remember? Like he knows that as we are digging for answers, we are secretly looking for trust. Y'all, that is so often what we are after because we know that we know that we know in in our heart of hearts that trust gives us peace. And we are wired for that. We want to know that we know that we are safe and that security is only found in a relationship with him. In the devotional, I talk about um, this visual of glass balls and rubber balls. And 
how we have all these different priorities in our lives. And, you know, seasons come and go and, and, and these things change. But I remember um, talking to someone and they were telling me that, you know, priorities are like glass balls and rubber balls. And we have, there's certain ones that are glass balls, which means that at all points, like they're important. And they don't change from season to season. But then there are other ones that are rubber balls. And sometimes those rubber balls become glass balls and different, like sometimes, you know, if you make a job change and that becomes a glass ball because more of your time, more of your effort, more of your energy is going to that job and you're trying to, to cultivate, um, you know, a, a knowledge of it and it's just taking more of, more of your time up, you know. Um, sometimes family is obviously always a glass ball and the very most important one that's always going to be a glass ball is our relationship with Jesus but discerning what these rubber balls are are, and glass balls are under helps us understand what our priorities are and we only will understand what is meant to be glass balls when we are seeking God fully so the reason I say that analogy is the reason why you know, in seeking God, we learn how we should seek everything else. We, I think a, a big issue or struggle or concern that a lot of us have is not necessarily, um, is, is really finding purpose, right? I know for me, where my anxiety comes into play sometimes is, Lord, am I wasting my life or am I wasting this gift or Am I actually stewarding my resources well? Or, Lord, what would you have me do with my time? Because I'm really not sure, and I need your help in this particular season. Everything feels like a glass ball. I don't know if you feel like that, but sometimes that's where I struggle. I'm like, Lord, I don't know what you want me to drop. And I I I don't really know which one is most important. And so as we seek God, he helps us discern what is most important and he gives us the courage to make those glass balls and he gives us the confidence and trust to know that the rubber ones that when we drop them that he will cover what we lack also can i just say that sometimes when it comes to this relationship with god like sometimes we may even feel awkward in our relationship with jesus like what do we say is it dumb to tell him things that he already knows (laughs) Like, what does he think about our decision to do this or that? We aren't sure. But just like with any new relationship, it takes time to learn the heart of the one that we are walking with. And he's good with that. Y'all, his patience, as I said earlier, it outlasts us. And just like any relationship, even after a good while, even after we have been walking with him on top of the mountaintop, in the valley and everywhere in between and we we have been with him there are still seasons there are still mountaintops there are still valleys which means that we are going to have those moments of rockiness where we're going oh it just feels difficult right it feels strained and that's okay it's a relationship but wherever we invest and whatever we invest in whatever we seek we begin to love and so As we're going through those hard times and we seek God, he will help us get to that next point. My next point is, in order to seek God, we must first admit that we need him. 
Humility is the foundation for the relationship. Pride assumes it can exist without him. Psalm 10.4 says, In his pride the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts there is no room for God. Wow. In all his thoughts there is no room for God. God, that just sounds empty and discouraging, doesn't it? You know what the most dangerous place, in my opinion, to be is? Not even in the midst of a mistake. Like knowing God is asking you to turn around, not even there. Because there you can hear him. There you have conviction, right? Rather, it's being so impressed by our own thoughts or assuming that we are not in desperate need that we don't see God. Like I think when we are to the point, that that's when our pride flares up. And as a nation, y'all, and, and, and as a culture of selfies and self-focused just thoughts, I think this is really a struggle for us is when we start to almost be impressed by our own wisdom. Like when we're impressed about our knowledge of God to the point where we don't think we need God to discern who he is, woe to us, right? Red flag. We, there's never a moment that we do not need him. Humility is what positions us and allows us to be placed at his feet. You know, to be honest, I think a lot of us are just really spiritually dehydrated right now. And, okay, I'm trying to think of how I can explain it. Let me put it this way. Did you know currently that many of us walk around already being dehydrated? And what I mean by that is according to, um, I did some, I did my homework. According to a recent study in the journal uh, Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise found that mild dehydration can impair cognitive performance and cause moodiness. And we hear this and we think, yeah, well, duh. But what I was so surprised to find out is that mild dehydration only requires us to be 2% dehydrated. At that point, our functions are affected, whether we realize it or not. And the journal, it, it, the, when the article I was reading, it went on to talk about how many of us are walking around pointing fingers at other things like diagnosing ourselves with other issues or, or wondering if other things in our lives were awry when really we are just dehydrated. And I, I, I read that and I thought, oh my gosh, how often is this us spiritually? We live drained, yearning for something to satisfy us when we have complete access to the well. Y'all like think about it. I, I just got a visual in my head, so I'm going to share it. Say you're like sitting around, we're all sitting around in this field and we're all talking about how parched we are and we're struggling and we need energy for the next step ahead and we need discernment about what to do but in order to have discernment we have to have clear vision but we can't we don't have clear vision because our eyes are strained and we're tired and our nutrients are lacking and all these things so we sit around and we just talk about it instead of literally turning and walking down the path and going to the well that we have complete access to, unlimited water supply, purified, perfect, true, satisfying. We have access to it constantly. And instead, we get more comfortable and we get used to just sitting and talking about what we need rather than accessing it and seeking it out. That's what I think we do so many times with our relationship with Jesus. 
But yo, when we seek the Father, we tap into a well that never runs dry. This also allows us in a very, you know, trying to kind of take this analogy to where you can understand it in your daily life. This allows us to, to pass the hose. Okay, what I mean by that is that when we know that we can get more strength, when we know that we can get more energy, when we know that we can get more patience, whatever we need, if we know that we can get it from him, we will not be afraid to share with others. Being hydrated helps us not live with a scarcity mindset. And the more that we seek him, the more we will want to seek him. When we taste living water, we will not settle for anything less. Y'all, when we have had a life where we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, nothing else will satisfy our thirsty spirit. And so I just want you to ponder and and really ask yourself in your heart and your mind and your body, like, are you a little bit spiritually dehydrated right now? Are you expecting on Wednesday, maybe you're listening on a Wednesday, to still exist from Sunday supply? That won't last. We have to seek Him daily, in and out, open the Word, get in community, pray, get honest about where we're at, and drink up. I think a lot of us are really just dehydrated. My next point is seeking God fully requires our diligence and dedication. Distraction is imminent, so we must decide, is he worth our complete attention? I think sometimes we assume that if we are believers, we will just inherently seek God and we will want to seek God. However, we are believers who are covered in flesh, which means that just because we know something's good for us, does not mean that we will do it. We see Paul talk about that in Romans. Why do I do what I hate, right? Seeking God requires our diligence and our dedication. It requires us making a conscious choice to turn off the TV, to close down our laptops, to put away our phones, to stop the conversation with others, to slow down the going and the going and the going and and to gaze upon him. Y'all, that requires conscious effort, no matter how good we know it is for us. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Y'all, this verse is not subtle about what it is telling us. Hey, I need you to knock. I think sometimes we tend to be the generation or the culture that talks about what's behind the door, okay? And we make really pretty Pinterest quotes to post about it. And many times, it's either that we're too lazy to knock or we fear that there will be no answer. And so we talk about the Christian life. We talk about the abundant supply. We talk about how good the water was at the well that time that we went instead of seeking it out day after day after day. And also, how early... Do we tend to quit when we think he isn't answering? Have y'all noticed how quick we are to get discouraged? How quick we are to doubt him? Seeking requires a persistence. and w- Or when he does answer, and this one will get us, right? And we don't love what he says. That doesn't mean that we should just run away. It means we should go deeper. Jesus, what did, what did you mean by that? 
Or, okay, Jesus, what else do you say about this subject? Or, okay, Lord, I know I know that this is what you said. Can you, can you give me more clarity? Can you help me be brave with taking this next step and trust that you will be on the other side of it? Okay, Lord, in, in, this, in the parables that you've given and the stories that you've already told me in your love letter to me, in your word, what do you say about this? Has anyone walked through something similar? What does it mean to knock in the situation that you're in? Are you saying that God is silent, but you secretly just don't want to be persistent enough to dig deep and get a shovel and get your hands dirty? I hate to say it, but I think a lot of times that is us. But what we do know and what we have seen is that the living water always satisfies And that we have access to the well at all moments, no matter what we look like, no matter what we've gone through, no matter what we bring to the table. It's always ours to access. And when we seek him, we will find him. Every week in the devotional, there's a focus tip. And this is just a practical suggestion. I share it every podcast, every week to help apply this word in our lives. And so this week's is this. For seek, remember to seek God. When you are prioritizing your schedule, ask him, is this a glass ball or a rubber ball? And then listen and go to his word for your answer. He longs to guide your steps. He longs to guide your steps. So I'm just encouraging you guys this week to think about that, to really look at your schedule. Because like we talked about last week with our time, that's the resource that nobody is is rich enough in time. We all want more, right? And so how do we maximize our time? How do we multiply our time? How do we give it to God and surrender our schedule? What does that look like for us this week? Um, So I'm going to close up with our Monday prayer. I hope this has been encouraging to you. And I'm so glad that you're listening to this podcast, but I really, really, really encourage you after this to spend some time seeking him. Get in his word. If you're driving, talk to him. Just say what's on your mind. Write it down. Do a bullet journal. Do whatever you need to do to seek God. It is absolutely the most important appointment of your day every day. So I'm going to close up with the Monday prayer. If you can, close them eyes. If not, no worries. Okay. Dear Jesus, thank you for the gift of another Monday. You are gracious and merciful with every new week that comes. Thank you for never growing tired and showing up for your people. Will you show me how to seek you in the big and the small ways? Help me not take advantage or overlook the millions of ways you provide for me. Humble my spirit. Nothing you give is deserved. Will you develop in me a keen awareness of your voice? I know you are speaking. Help me lean in and hear you. Build me up in your word, fortifying my heart, mind, soul, and body with nutrients that fulfill, fortify, and fuel me forward. Remove any distractions from my path that keep me from seeking you with my whole heart, knowing that you are always my top priority. When I am dehydrated in hope, restore my soul with your truth. Lean me back to the well that is always available and never runs dry. Simplify my process. Is it, it is as easy as coming to you, just as I am. Thank you. 
for making your presence known, and for answering when I call. You are a good and trustworthy Father in the satisfying and life-giving name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, man, y'all. When I read, there's something about reading a prayer out loud. I encourage you to let your own voice hear those words. Um, It's always on my Instagram at Clearly Stated, and you can go there and read it over yourself in your week screenshot it put it as the background on your phone and read it it doesn't for it doesn't have to be a monday god knows what you mean okay um but i hope this encouraged you and i hope like i said open your bible even if you just read a psalm see god what is he saying what are your glass balls and your rubber balls this week trust him with what where he guides and what he leads and as always if this did encourage you would you mind sharing it to your stories or sharing it with a friend um subscribing if it encouraged you and always i really appreciate y'all rating and reviewing this podcast um it is really really helpful and the more that i do this the more that i understand how helpful it is so i just really appreciate it it means a lot to me it helps me show up for you guys every week um and we are starting to accept advertisers so if you are interested um or have an organization or a company or a cause you can find that information in our show notes. But I'm so grateful for you guys. Thank you for spending some time to be here. Go seek him. He is the greatest use of time. And he will always be the water that will never leave you thirsty. I hope you all have an awesome week. You are loved. You are seen. You are valued.